Amen. Good morning. Great to see so many of you in person, and for those of you that are watching online, it is great to have you with us this morning. Um, I wanted to just caveat everything that I'm going to say today by, by just saying that every year since the beginning of Coastline, everything in, in terms of our vision has been birthed in a secret place. So I don't want you to think that, oh, John's just coming up here. He's got lots of clever ideas. Yes, of course, we want to make some plans. We do want to intentionally press into where we feel uh, we, or, or where we see the Lord moving. Uh, but this isn't about just coming up with a load of plans for the sake of coming up with a load of plans. We are intentional. We want to see the kingdom come in a greater measure here in Bournemouth as it is in heaven, right? And honestly, in the last six years, it has been incredible to see what the Lord has done in and through this church family. So right from the off, and I know I say this all the time, we can get a bit Pentecostal this morning, okay? We can celebrate all that the Lord has been doing because it has been profound. And uh, yeah, I want to hear amens. I want to hear people agree. I want people to shout out. At least let me know that you're all still awake. That would be great. So the vision talk is uh, different than a lot of the talks and the messages that we do throughout the year because we're going to look at some of the highlights of things that have gone on last year and also look to the year ahead. And I'm just aware that we could look back over this last year and think, oh, it was another year of of restrictions, of, of, of legislation, of guidelines. And we might sit here and think, well, not much has really happened in the life of the church. And look, be under no illusions. Uh, the last year, uh, like the year before, has been super challenging for us. You know, those lockdowns, laws, legislation changes, guidance changes, week to week, sometimes day to day, made things super challenging. Not to mention, obviously, the departure of our previous senior pastors, Aid and M. But despite all of that, so many beautiful things have happened. And we should all look back with hearts full of gratitude at all the Lord has done. Over the last few weeks, I've been speaking to uh, our staff and our pastors and some of our leaders across the church who oversee various areas of church life. And they have shared so many incredible stories of what people have been up to and what the Lord has been doing. And honestly, sadly, a lot of these things won't get a mention today because there are just too many of them. But as many of you will know, we planted Coastline six years ago. And we developed a vision statement that in four sentences attempts to capture, if you like, who God has called us to be and what God has called us to do as a church family. Now, as the new incoming lead pastor, I've made one slight tweak uh, to this statement uh, as I think it's something that we are and also something the Lord wants us to grow into but the mission statement is pretty much exactly how it was before. It hasn't changed in all of the six years. So lots of you should be super familiar with this. But let me remind us of what it says. I think it's going to come up on the screen. It says, God has called us to build a growing and vibrant church where people come to know God and love him more and become all that God has made them to be. 
We're committed to personal transformation, investing in a community of love and encouragement, ministering to those far from God and making disciples. We are called to be authentic followers of Jesus whose lives are marked by intimate worship, courageous faith, passionate service, and the new bit, an extravagant generosity. We want to see the spiritual renewal of our town and our nation and always be known as a people who love the king and live the kingdom. Yeah, amen. Amen to that. And of course, the distillation of all of that is that we would be known as a people who love the king and live the kingdom. And our conviction moving into this next season is to continue to press in, to be a seek first people, a people that come together with a hunger and a thirst for his righteousness, his holiness, his presence, but also his power. To that end, we'll continue to put great emphasis on our highest priority, which is worship, to gather together corporately in the, in the small and in the big, praising King Jesus for who he is, meeting with him as he fills us with his spirit. We're going to continually, passionately preach the word of God to make it relevant and applicable. We're going to continue to encourage and equip all of us to be empowered apprentices of Jesus that live in the reality of the kingdom of God on earth. We're going to continue to invest in vibrant life groups and grow deep in our love for Jesus, for his word, and for discipling others. We're going to continue to invest in the next generation, in kids and young people and students and young adults, and develop reaching out to all the generations in our church. We're going to continue to reach out with compassion to the least, to the last, and to the lost But whatever we do in the life of this church, we should see four key qualities shining through over and over again. They're in our mission statement. Intimate worship, courageous faith, passionate service, and extravagant generosity. We should. We should see it. And we have seen it. So let's look at this first one. We are marked by intimate Worship. Worship is our highest priority. And because of that, over this last year, we have hosted over 60 Sunday worship gatherings, morning and some evenings. We have worked continually hard over this last year to install kit here so that we can meet online, so that people can connect with us and not be in the room. In fact, that's meant that we've been able to engage with people far and beyond just the borders of Bournemouth. Do you know that our Sunday services, worship, word, and ministry, have been viewed over 24,000 times in this last year online? I mean, it's hard to completely verify that because, of course, people click on, they watch part of it. But what that tells you is is that people are here. They're engaging with us. They want to worship with us, even from across a screen. And let me tell you, the technical side of what needs to happen in order for online church to happen is phenomenal. And we should give super credit to James and his team. Why don't we honor them now for all they've done in this last year? 
And you'll know this. As we have worshipped together in this last year, Jesus has shown up in powerful ways, especially in the last few weeks and months. We've seen people meet Jesus for the first time. We've seen people healed, set free, empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's been amazing. We have had 20 plus musicians that play in all the bands over all the weeks. They serve some more than one time a week. Every single week practicing, sometimes hundreds, thousands of hours on their instruments and singing so that they can lead us into encounter with the Holy Spirit as he reveals Jesus. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, let's give them some praise as well. Thank you, Jesus, for them. Over this last year, Johnny, our worship pastor, has co-written four songs, which three have been shortlisted to potentially go on Vineyard UK albums. How cool is that? Yeah. But also, many of you will know, one of the songs that Johnny co-wrote has been released this year, The Prayer of Consecration. We've sung it here for a long time. And let me tell you, It has now been listened to over 415,000 times on Spotify. We are a people marked by intimate worship, are we not? We are also a church that's marked by courageous faith. We're a people who genuinely want to try, genuinely want to try and live the kingdom life that Jesus lived, aren't we? We're we're a people who try to spell faith, as John Wimber did, R-I-S-K. To be a people who rely on Jesus to empower us in partnering with him in all that he is doing on the earth. Five years ago, many of you will know, uh, or just over five years ago, Becky, who set up our Joy Cafe. Yeah, Joy Cafe. Yeah, come on, you can give that a round of applause. And you can give Becky a round of applause. Joy Cafe is a cafe in the heart of our town's area of greatest deprivation, if you don't know. And uh, we set this up, Becky set this up, to bring God's heart to build life-giving community to those on the margins of our town. We know a couple of years ago that Reese took over the management of Joy Cafe, uh, and along with Sammy, they've continued to love this area to life. To let you know, Over the last year, they have served 1,200 cups of tea and coffee. (laughs) And with their team of over 20 volunteers, they have served the Boscombe community, equating to over 4,000 hours of voluntary work. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Many of you know this, but Joy Cafe have been running all kinds of different clubs, doing community cleanups, partnering with loads of different agencies and churches and organizations to love and support the community. They've been working alongside the police. They've been working with Michael's House, which is a supported accommodation. They've been working together to make affordable, free uh, bikes and bike maintenance and tagging of bikes. It's awesome. Joy Cafe also runs this suspended drinks program. Many of you will already know this, where you can go and purchase a drink for someone who who can't afford one. And over this last year, they've given away 500 free drinks. It's amazing. 
God has honored this courageous faith by building us a brand new Joy Cafe, (laughs) which is now in the center of Churchill Gardens and hopefully will be open in the not-too-distant future. It will be. The Coastline Missional Community provided community meals in Churchill Gardens across the summer and uh, with a view to keep building this uh, fellowship with the community around them, where they fed every week over the summer over 30 residents. This church family exudes courageous faith, especially in trying to reach those far from God. This year, we saw the launch of HOTS. HOTS means healing on the streets. There's a whoop over there from someone on the HOTS team. It's amazing. We've seen a bunch of guys and girls go into the town center every week to try and engage with people far from God and to pray with them. And you know what? They've experienced some serious, significant opposition. They've had abuse hurled at them. I know I've talked to them. But their courageous faith has pushed them on. And Nigel, who heads up the Healing on the Streets team, he emailed me the first reported healing that happened, which was from a gentleman who came back the week after they prayed for him to tell them that his chest had been healed. He came and told them that he'd had this dream of actually giving his earthly father a hug, which for him was super significant. Nigel said he had tears in his eyes. Amazing. This year, headed up by Adam, we uh, saw uh, Bridge the Gap start, which is a ministry playing football to befriend those who are far from God. Uh, The whole view of uh, Bridge the Gap is about inviting people to Alpha. I met with Adam recently, and he told me that every single week, every single slot has been full, 10 to 15 guys meeting every week, playing football, and hopefully coming along to Alpha soon. In this last year, we launched our first Hope Into Action house, providing a home for those who have been homeless. We've had a precious team of people from this church going into the house over this last year, loving our new friends, listening to them, supporting them, guiding them, encouraging them into new life. One of the residents of that house, we had the privilege of baptizing just a few weeks ago And he now is on our production team. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Many of you will know Emma, and she has had star recovery support groups running right throughout this year. That's to support people who are coming out of addiction, but also to support the families of those coming out of addiction or either people in addiction. During the lockdowns last year, we handed out thousands of flyers. We set up a COVID uh, phone line, if you remember, and we set up the COVID support fund. And I'm proud to say that that support fund has supported over 125 families in the local area and in this church. That's awesome. And I know you've heard this before because we've mentioned it quite a lot. But last year, and slightly into the year before, we partnered with Love Church, which is the HDB church plant here in Bournemouth. We are great friends with them. And uh, during the lockdowns, we had 24 people from Coastline deliver food boxes to 95 people stroke families over a period of 87 weeks. We are absolutely a people marked by courageous faith. 
Yeah, woo! But we're also marked by passionate service. And passionate service only comes about because of passionate servants. Our whole focus is to be like Jesus. He was very clear with his apprentices that he came not to be served, but to serve. And we are a church family who come together not to be served, but to serve. To serve inside and outside of these walls. The car park team, headed up by Paddy and crew, have parked hundreds of cars in this last year. We have hosted in person over 6,000 people in the last year in this building and another 600 people at the evening things that we've been running. From November last year, when we were allowed to, it took a long time, we've baptized 14 adults, five of them coming through the discipleship journey headed up by Phil and Lance. We can give that a round of applause. We've seen the return of our wonderful students uh, to Coastline. Yeah, Scott and Charlie have been working hard to cultivate environments for the students to pursue Jesus. And let's not forget our kids team, our amazing kids team headed up by Michael. Let me tell you, they have served relentlessly over this last year. Parties, clubs, Coastline Kids Online. Every week there have been life groups for kids uh, overseen by Julian and Ruth. Wonderful, wonderful, passionate servants. Coastline Kids this year launched their first light party, which is an alternative to Halloween, where we saw 250 people in this building. 70% of them are not from this church. Yeah. We've had a new additional needs team pioneered this year by Becky to support and help and love children with additional needs, needs to engage with Jesus. And the number of children that are coming through is going up and up and up uh, because we're providing a space where we can support children who have additional needs. That is incredible. We recently, or the kids team recently pioneered uh, through um, Sam, our weekly kids club where they're basically turning this into a... Well, it's just got bouncy castles and crazy games and just all the stuff you would expect from kids. But the intention is that our kids would be inviting their friends to it. And we have seen in the last few weeks over 60 children come in here and leave lots of mess. But at least they're engaging with their friends. They're bringing their friends to this place to meet with Jesus. The Alpha team, again, over the last year, uh, have been running Alpha online and in person, where we saw 80 people attend, 44 people attend the Alpha Holy Spirit Day, and eight people give their life to Jesus. Super. There are literally hundreds of people who passionately serve Jesus throughout the week in the life of this church most of whom are volunteering, but they work full-time, or they're studying full-time, but they're pouring themselves, their time, their energy, in serving Jesus in this church and beyond. I had a little look, uh, and this may be accurate, slightly accurate, there may be more that I'm not aware of, but there are some 35 areas of ministry active across the life of the church, and loads of you are involved in one, if not more of them. 
The pastors and the staff of this church often work way above and beyond their remit, ensuring that those ministries happen and people are cared for. The staff team often uh, they work, and their work is unseen. Sarah, Ant, Michael, Johnny, Scott, Beth, Alice, James, David, Phil, Ian, Sammy, and Reese. They are a precious bunch of people that serve the vision of this church. Yeah, let's honor them. So much of what they do is totally unseen, and we, we turn up and we engage, but there's been so much preparation, so much prayer, so much thought that goes into everything that we do. This year, we had a carol service where we hosted nearly 300 people. We were actually expecting 500, but literally on the Friday, they introduced masks and it changed everything slightly. But, uh, you know, it was a curveball, but we, we, we got across the line. Uh, we have one story of a friend of this church family called Tim, who is the father of a couple of our, our leaders in the church. And Tim came to our carol service, sadly, uh, very, very poorly. Uh, he'd given his life to Jesus just a few days before he came to the carol service. But after the service, he spoke to his kids and he said, have you talked to that preacher? Did you speak to him? Have you told him anything about me? Because he said that the whole message was written just for him. He shared that what he heard in this building at that carol service was everything he needed to hear. That's coming from a man who never enjoyed sitting and listening to anyone speaking. But he encountered God through our carol service. And sadly, just a few weeks later, he passed away. But God met with him in here and in here through the passionate service of this church. And let me just say this, we're going to see him again in heaven. Amen? Yeah. Many people serve sacrificially week in, week out, smile on their face, because they are hungry and expectant to see God's kingdom come in a greater measure in our time through this church. Ian, who oversees our maintenance of, of the buildings, he told me that he had a conversation with one of the local residents. And uh, one of the local residents said that when they knew that this building was going to be closed, a small group of them got together and they started to pray in their home. The resident said to Ian, to see us gradually fill this building week in, week out was such an answer to prayer for them. Ian then saw the person the following week and he said to them, look, it must have been amazing for you to you know, uh, see your prayers answered. And the guy said, yes, it was, but what's more significant is the whole atmosphere of this area has changed. He said the invites, the Christmas cards, the food parcels have made a huge difference. If you're sitting here and you're feeling that your sacrifice is insignificant or not seen. It is not, and God notices, and he is so pleased at the passionate service that is displayed by this church. This church is definitely hallmarked by passionate service. 
The final marker we should see through all our activity is extravagant generosity. Jesus told his followers to live graciously and generously. And we are a people who are generally trying not to live in our own strength, but to depend on him, on his grace, on his favor in everything that we do. And over this last six years, I mean, we're still a baby, aren't we, really? But God has been building his house. We are, and we want to strive to be, people of extravagant generosity. Of course, with our time, of course, of course, with our skills, but also with our money. This is about God growing his church, but he uses our generosity. We're incredibly grateful to God for his empowering provision as we look back over this last year. It's been amazing. And a good measure of the, of the church's health is always to have a look at the finances. And I do this unapologetically because this is really important to the extension of the kingdom of God in this coming year and in all the years to come. The last financial year runs from April to April, so we haven't quite finished yet. But this year, in the last financial year up to April, this church will have given to the vision and the mission over 300,000 pounds. Standing orders, that's regular money that, that, that people give, uh, was 287,000, or just over that. Cash in the baskets, uh, I think, is uh, 4,847. And we managed to claim back from the tax man 60,000 pounds. Yeah, it's great. And remember, we are independent. We are not relying on anyone else uh, to, to, to invest and to extend the kingdom. This is everybody here pooling their resources like they did in Acts to pour that out into the community. And we did a little bit of an exercise to try and work this out. I'm not sure if it's 100% accurate, but we've spent to benefit those inside the church, and that includes all of the staff and ministries and support and training and all that stuff, £130,765, and we've spent 141836 to try and bless those outside as well. And that does include staff costs, but that is all ministry. That is all ministry. We've always been a church that tries to give uh, back to God out of what he gives us. And in this last year, we've given to CAP and Safe Families, Fusion, Care for the Family, FaithWorks, the HIA uh, Project, the Bournemouth Health Bus, Bournemouth Food Bank, totaling over £11,000. We've given from our compassion and our fellowship funds over £6,000 to help families in need within this church. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, we had 95 families that we supported through the Love My Neighbour project where we gave £15,820 and the government gave us eight. That's £23,000 we gave out to give emergency food during covid it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I know I keep saying that word, but I can't find, you know, I can't find any other words to, to describe it. We've also, let me tell you this, and I think I mentioned this a few times last year, we've also given money to support struggling churches here in Bournemouth. And we've also sent money into Eastern Europe to support some churches over there. And that is because of the extravagant generosity in this church. So, let's look to the year ahead. 
And we have felt the Lord speaking to us and talking to us and give us three key words to, to, to kind of press into over this next season. The first one is reconfigure. The second one is reconnect. And the last one is reignite. We know that currently within the staff team and for quite a while, we need to change some things in order to sustain the growth the Lord wants to bring. We've had Aidan M leaving and they haven't been around for a while. That's left some gaps. And we realize that we need to restructure some things uh, kind of back of house, if you like. Uh, We're looking at all of our systems and our structures at the moment in terms of authority and responsibility, just so we can bring some real clarity in this new season about who's carrying what responsibility and also uh, raising up some new people probably within the team and maybe some people outside of the team. That's just going to really bring some clearer focus into the vision and who is responsible for what. We're a church that's always been constantly reviewing what we do and how we do things. We want to try and do things better. So over the next year, just like in all the years previous, there will be many experiments in different areas to be more effective for the gospel. And we do all this. We reconfigure so that we can withstand the kingdom growth that we long to see. In this next year... We are going to intentionally reconnect. We realize we're still in this kind of rebuilding phase. We want to intentionally press in over this next year into prayer and worship and discipleship. And we've always done this, but we are going to uh, focus a a bit more into that. I think we've got an image that's going to come up of that. Maybe not. Anyway, there was a picture that God gave us, and the picture was that everything that we do needs to be birthed in prayer. We've said it so many times before, but the corporate prayer times that we've been having, we want to do that more. Uh, The smaller prayer gatherings, we want to do that more. The praying for revival, we want to do that more. We want to just have a place and a space for the church to come together to seek Jesus, to meet with him, to prophesy, to pray, and and then to, to, to kind of move out of that place, rather than prayer being an afterthought. It's really important for us in this next year to try and come back together again well, to seek the king and his kingdom, his presence and his power, to go deeper with who we are in him. I mentioned we're going to do all those things, we're going to pray, we're going to worship, we're going to continue to review what we're doing, we're going to bring in new initiatives so that we get into our Bibles, so that we can become self-feeders and that we have the ability to disciple others. Wait for it. We're going to relaunch the evening service. (laughs) Which is going to happen on the 8th of May. Again, there is a whole load of people that during COVID... They ended up having to work on Sundays. They haven't been able to come and gather with us here, but they have been knocking our door all the way through. When is the evening service starting? When is the evening service starting? So 8th of May, put it in your diary. We really want to come together to connect with one another. And one of the things I was going to say to you was, even in this next week, why don't you invite someone for coffee? Maybe someone you don't know in the church. Why don't you invite them for Sunday lunch after this service? And I know lots of us do do this, but of course, it's been so disjointed, hasn't it, over this last year and a bit. We're also going to reignite. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, we're going to reignite some of the dreams that were burst before the pandemic. 
one of which was to equip this church to share their faith. If you remember, just before the pandemic, Scott McNamara came here and he spoke to us. Who is here? Yeah, wasn't that awesome? And we had a vision to launch Jesus at the door within this church to equip people Not to equip people to try and force people to evangelize, but just to say that everybody, everybody in the church is called to share their faith. But actually, um, I read an article a a number of years ago, I had the privilege a couple of years ago of meeting J. John, and he was talking to me about how uh, over the church, we're constantly going on about evangelism or people sharing their faith, yet we don't ever equip them. And I think he did this study of over a thousand churches in this country And I'm pretty sure it was like less than 4% that actually trained their churches to share their faith. But we're not going to be one of those churches. Uh, We're actually going to become a Jesus at the door network church. Yeah, we are. Which means that Scott McNamara, he may have to beam into us, but we may be able to get him in person. He's going to come and train us, train our staff, our leaders, the whole church in order to share your faith out there and beyond, in your workplace, in your schools. We're going to have really uh, the resource, the Jesus at the Door card. There'll be a, probably a, a table at the back where you can buy Jesus at the Door resources and phone cases and all that stuff so that we have a way of being able to share Jesus in a really effective way. He's also going to help us with starting something which is called New Revive Believers Groups, which is basically as we go out and share the gospel and people respond, that immediately they have a small group of people to plug into and to, one, help deal with their stuff, but two, equip them, disciple them, and send them. It's all about literally people being discipled just as much by being in a small group and studying the word as it is about being out there and trying to share your faith with this broken world. Yeah, come on. We're going to continue over this next year to look at how we try and integrate people into the church family. This is always ongoing and we get it right and we sometimes not so much. But we are always intentionally trying to look at what does it look like for someone to come through the door and then enter into family. And we're going to be really intentional about how we continue to try and uh, best support people and love people so that they can plug in to all that God Uh, has for them in this coming year. We always talk about this, but one of the focuses again for this year will be about trying to support people into life groups. Uh, In the church family, I think literally it's under half of the church that are actually in life groups. And we really want people to be in these small communities where they can study together, pray together, do life together. So let me commend to you, if you're not in a life group today, please do join one. We are going to start, over this next year, a new initiative for life groups. Ooh. (laughs) It is called Inside Out. And basically, every life group is going to have £100 seed money allocated for them, which all of the life group can add to as much as they would like. And the whole sole purpose of that is to give it away is to go and bless whoever they want to go and bless. You as a life group can come together, you can pray, you can seek who you would like to bless, but the only caveat is it has to be someone outside of the church. And we're going to trial it for this year, but I'd love to do it every term if we could, uh, where you're intentionally thinking about what is the need, who are the people in my life, who's in the locality that I am, and go and do someone's garden, paint their house, 
buy them a car. I don't know, whatever you feel called to do as a life group, we want to try and resource you in that way. Yeah. If you remember last week, Adele, and this is another theme that has come through a lot over this last year, is she prophesied over us that we are a city on a hill. Does everyone remember that? And in this coming season, uh, with this Inside Out initiative, we are also going to do something new. So, get this date in your diaries. The 25th of June, which is a Saturday, we're corporately all going to bless Bournemouth. We are going to go from these walls on Saturday intentionally to go and meet some of the needs of this town. And I want to try and do this. We're going to do this once this year, but let's see how it goes. But this is going to be an incredible opportunity for us to come together and to go out there and to be salt and light. I will let you know, I have already met in the last couple of weeks with our our local councillor in Boscombe, and I sat in front of her and I said, what's the need? Tell us, tell us what the need is, because we would like to step in. And I'm also meeting this week with the local ward councillor for this area, and I'm going to work out with him, what is the need at the moment? And that might look like painting a children's home, it might look like uh, smaller projects, it might be gardening, it might be helping some older people. I don't know what it's going to be, but there's going to be a number of projects that come out of us actually saying to the council, we're a church that really care about our town. Help direct us in this. And Yeah. Yeah. There's also going to be loads of other things that we're going to do. Like we'll buy loads of flowers and we'll give them out. And we'll go and pay for people's parking. And we'll go and buy food for people and give lots of McDonald's chips to people. And I don't know. We're going to go and do lots of little things. But this is going to be a great opportunity for us all to come together and then go. And then I think what we'll do is we'll probably go and then we'll come back and we'll share stories. And then we'll just worship Jesus and praise him for all that he has done in and through this church. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. There are many things that God has for us in this, continue, in this next year. And my conviction is that we need to be all in. We need to be all in with our time, with our skills, and with our money. We're praying that as more and more of you take up this God-given challenge to invest your time, your energy, your money in this little beautiful expression of God's family, we will usher in the revival that we're all believing for. I mean, we have been blessed. There's no doubt about that. We have been blessed by the extravagant generosity of people in this church. It breaks my heart to know that some of my friends who lead other churches, the churches, they're not existing anymore. They're not here. And part of that is because of finances. Part of that is because they haven't weathered this storm. So as you reflect today, church, on what you have heard Let me encourage you to invest in all the Lord is doing. Let me encourage you to move from being an attender to becoming a member. We don't have a membership in the church, but you could say, you know, if you serve, if you're involved, if you're investing financially, then that's kind of the criteria for membership. I'd really, really encourage you. It doesn't matter what you give. It just matters that you give. It just matters that you invest in that way, into the vision for the coming year and for the years beyond. We believe we're going to see the spiritual renewal of our town 
and our nation. And it starts with us. We have this incredible opportunity to pull all of our gifts, all of our talents, all of our resources financially together to extend the kingdom way beyond anything that I've just shared with you. So please, would you consider uh, giving? In fact, there are uh, still giving envelopes on the seats. Um, And this isn't for you. If you're not a member of this church family, if you wouldn't say that this is your uh, church home, then please don't feel obligated to give. But if you're here, maybe you've joined recently, please would you consider giving. The envelopes are going to be on the the, um, chairs. Uh, If you haven't got one, you can grab one. And there's an opportunity to fill out a a form. I mean, the standing order direct debit is, is the easiest way for us so we can plan ahead, we can plan into things. But if you would like to fill one of those out, please fill it out and put it in the basket on your way out. We believe that this is going to be an incredible year of abundance. Kingdom abundance. And I'll say this. If you're here today or you're watching this online, the Lord has brought you here for a purpose. You are part of what he wants to do. This is not about a bunch of leaders or pastors or paid employees doing everything to extend the kingdom of God. Although we will, it's all of our part. We all have a part to play in what God wants to do in this coming year. We want you to invest. We want you to be involved. We want you to play your part. And over the next week or so, we're going to send out to you a getting involved card if you're not already involved, and you're going to have the opportunity to tell us where you would like to serve, how you would like to get involved, and give this, the actual old card that we have has changed so much because God has grown so much, we need to get a new one done. But we will email that out to you electronically, and you can then tell us uh, how you'd like to serve. Precious Coastline Vineyard Church family. We should look forward to the rest of 2022 with great anticipation of all the Lord is going to do among us, in us, and through us. And continue to learn what it really means to love the King and live the kingdom. I am wholeheartedly humbled humbled, and find it an absolute honor and a privilege to serve and lead this beautiful church We together will seek Jesus in this coming year to continue to learn what it means to love in our world in this day. To God be the glory, great things he has done, but greater things he will do in 2022. Amen.